Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. The UK is not in recession, but the government is not off the hook. In fact, it's the slowest growth figure for nine years. So since the sort of post-crash slowdown, this is the slowest it's been since then. Our political editor Joe Murphy on the economic troubles brewing for the Conservatives. Also, the RMT has become a really, really radical, hard-left, agitated trade union that isn't standing up, as it says, for workers' rights and safety on the railways. It's standing up for a kind of disruptive extremist politics. Our associate editor Julian Glover on calls for a rail union boss to resign over alleged anti-Semitic comments from 2011. And... On Armistice Day, we remember. Britain is not in recession, at least not quite. The Office for National Statistics says GDP, that's gross domestic product, grew by 0.3% in the third quarter of the year. But that's still the lowest since 2010. And as our editorial column points out, there are lots of reasons to worry about what comes next. Last week, the credit rating agency Moody's warned it may downgrade its view of Britain's ability to pay its way from stable to negative. And even if markets have priced much of this in, it's a sign there may be tough times ahead. Not that you would know it from the way the election campaign is going. If you listen to Labour and the Conservatives, there's no end to the cash that they can now spend. The Tories are gunning for Labour's plans to increase investment spending by up to £55 billion a year. But as the former Treasury Minister David Gork reminds us today, that is made less credible by Tory plans to boost it by £20 billion. His old party is engaging in a bidding war with a Marxist, he says. Voters are being given the impression all this spending will be pain-free. They are in for a shock. Our political editor Joe Murphy's in our Westminster office. Joe, the UK's avoided recession. The figures aren't great, are they? No, we are confirmed to be in the slow lane. In fact, it's the slowest growth figure for nine years. So since the sort of post-crash slowdown, this is the slowest it's been since then. Um, That really does matter, though, in this election campaign because it's going to really put some limits on what spending can credibly be offered by both parties. David Gork, the former Justice Secretary, has written in Conservative Home and also spoken to the Evening Standard about the Conservative Party's, I guess, reputation as the, 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 the safe pair of hands for the UK's economy. What's he said? Well, David Gork is one of these many Tories who are standing back with a slight look of discomfort on their faces, saying, it's taken us decades to become the party of economic competence. That is a reputation which, of course, they have forfeited several times over over the last few decades, and then regained, regained very painfully since 2010 by, by bearing down on spending. 
and he says large numbers of Conservative voters have traditionally supported the party because of its reputation for economic competence. But too many unfunded spending commitments and being boxed into a hard Brexit is going to undermine this reputation. Don't take these voters for granted, is what he says. And this is off the back of the Chancellor Sajid Javid announcing a, a £100 billion worth of spending in a speech last week. Do today's figures have any bearing on that? Well, of course, £100 billion was borrowing, so it's fairly sort of independent of the uh, growth figures. But there was something much more significant in what um, Sajid said last week as far as this particular predicament goes. He announced his three spending and tax rules. The most important of the three rules that he announced was that all day-to-day spending must be funded out of taxation. You can't fund extra policemen, extra nurses from borrowed money, um, unlike big capital infrastructure projects. Now, that's hugely significant because today's figures mean that there's going to be lower tax revenues in the future. That means you can spend less because you're not going to have the revenues coming in to support that spending. Now, I think Javid would have known that these figures were going to come out and he announced that rule first so that when the noose appeared, it would tighten rather than loosen on the manifesto team who are drawing up exactly what the Tories will promise. So I would imagine that the Conservatives will be welcoming the fact that the UK is not going into recession, but... There are problems ahead, then. It's a huge relief to the Tories that they're not going into recession. But in terms of problems, they've got a big election to win. They have identified in some sections of their strategy team spending and sound and trying to beat Jeremy Corbyn on this um, bidding war for spending. They've identified that as very important. And now they've got to try and deliver. That's going to be hard. Next. No wonder the EDL are flying the flag of Israel. The modern day Nazi EDL are flying, flying the flag of Israel. A video recorded in 2011 of the RMT union boss Steve Headley making apparently anti Semitic comments has re emerged. My understanding thinks it reveals the nasty side of the union. Next month, RMT union members will hold strike action on southwestern railway services into Waterloo for 27 days. They say it's about safety, but a video of one of its bosses, Steve Headley, making allegedly anti-Semitic remarks has re-emerged. The standards asking why the union's not taking action about that. The RMT Rail Union likes nothing more than to parade its commitment to justice. Its trigger-happy leaders demand strikes on the thinnest of provocations. There's one thing you can bet the union won't be raging against today, however, and that's a rant by its own boss, Steve Headley, which has emerged online. A video shows the union's senior assistant general secretary screaming and pointing during a meeting on Palestinian rights in 2011. He shouts at Richard Millett, a defender of Israel, you're an absolute disgrace to the Jewish people. You are a modern-day fascist. You are a modern-day Nazi. Sadly, this sort of hateful stuff has become the norm in parts of the left. 
so there's not much hope that the RMT will now get rid of Mr Headley, as it should. But as passengers struggle through pointless, politically motivated winter strikes, they should know that behind the union's virtuous claims to defend safety and workers' rights lie some very nasty things indeed. On Twitter, Mr Headley says he was provoked into saying something stupid and apologised for any offence nearly a decade ago. Well, Associate Editor Julian Glover, the editorial, says the RMT is quick to call a strike, but it won't take action against one of its own bosses. It's yet again, we've got another rail strike coming up, this time on the trains into Waterloo. Not just a day or two of action, 27 days on very spurious grounds that the company is apparently not talking to it about whether it's going to get rid of guards. The company's very clear it isn't going to get rid of guards, but the rail union just likes going on strike. Now, that is one side of today's story. The other is something different. It's a video that's come out online over the weekend of one of the union's bosses, Steve Headley, at a meeting about Palestinian rights a few years ago, ranting in what can only be said to be an anti-Semitic way at a Jewish member of the audience. Now, you might ask, what's a meeting on Palestine got to do with the trains and rail strikes? And the answer is that the RMT has become a really, really radical, hard-left, agitated trade union that isn't standing up, as it says, for workers' rights and safety on the railways. Those matter a lot. It's standing up for a kind of disruptive extremist politics of the sort that's infected a lot of the Labour Party. And when people hear there's a strike, they might think, well, maybe the RMT's got a point. Maybe it's a, a thinking moderate union that's trying to do the good thing. People need to see both sides, what's going on behind the scenes. And it's people like Mr Headley in really shocking and unpleasant remarks, not linked to his day job, not linked to the railways, but linked to political agitation. And that is a risk for passengers and it's a risk for our country, if people want to be told the truth about why people are doing things. If there is no action taken, is that kind of seen by some as a tacit approval of anti-Semitism? I don't think the RMT is at the core of the battle for or against anti-Semitism. It's certainly a big issue inside the Labour Party and the wider leftist movement that's infected a lot of the Labour Party. A lot of good Labour people are distraught to see easy, nasty, anti-Semitic language becoming the norm. It's no longer shocking to hear these things from, from some figures on the left. And Labour's got to do something about it. The left has got to do something about it. The RMT certainly shouldn't tolerate this from its boss. I've, I've no expectation I'll do anything about it at all. He'll continue in the job. He'll continue to issue random strike threats on the most false and spurious grounds, and passengers will continue to suffer. What more can Labour, can the left do? I mean, we had John McDonald just a couple of weeks ago saying that they're doing everything they can. Are they? Of course not. And nor, we should be fair in this, uh, uh, the Conservative Party doing everything they can about Islamophobia that certainly exists in parts of the Tory party. This isn't just an issue of one political party or one political movement. It's an issue about a degree of tolerance and respect for people across politics and a sense that hate, anger, rage, villainising people is becoming quite normal. The Labour Party could easily do something about anti-Semitism. It could throw out anybody in it who makes anti-Semitic remarks. The trouble is it would involve throwing out its own leader, so that's a challenge. Tom McDonnell knows perfectly well that if he wants to get rid of this, you have to remove people like Jeremy Corbyn, not give them top levels in the party. It's not going to change. Voters need to experience it and see it and make their own minds up. And they can read about it and hear about it in the Evening Standard and other places too. This isn't a political campaign based on some sense of bias. 
You look at the Jewish Chronicle. Last week, they warned non-Jewish voters about what they feel and what they are experiencing and pleaded with people to listen and make their minds up. Now, Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn broke off from campaigning to observe two-minute silence for Armistice Day. Mr Corbyn was in Islington, Mr Johnson in Wolverhampton. One picture caught the power of remembrance. It showed the Queen watching the ceremony at the Cenotaph, apparently wiping a tear from her eye. It was a reminder that behind a formal tradition lies a simple shared human emotion, a sense of respect and love for those who fought and lost their lives in battles to defend our country. You do not need to think all these wars were right to respect remembrance. It does not glorify conflict, but recalls the horror that many people experienced in a common cause. The Queen's emotions spoke for us all. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.